Hey everybody, welcome back to That Was The Worst Podcast Ever. This is a Sufjan Stevens podcast where two friends sit down and talk about our most favorite artists of all time, Sufjan Stevens. I'm joined by the incredible Jordan Clausen. Tell him what to do. Um, he likes it. His newest album, <laughs> I plug it hard, is streaming <laughs> now. It's fantastic. Uh, I want to move into your house. Is that the big, that's your single right now that we're pushing? Mm-hmm. Well, we're, I, I didn't agree to push it, but yeah, that is the single right now, yeah. There's a great music video, stream it, buy it. Um, streaming <laughs> it doesn't really help you that much, does it? Um, I mean, I think I get like 0.03 cents or something per stream. Support Jordan Clausen. we were just talking about this before the record. Difficult time for artists, so buy a t-shirt, buy tell me what to do on vinyl, um, donate. You could just send money your way or buy his album on Bandcamp. Anything like that is a good way to help you, right, Jor? Yeah, I mean, this whole thing is making me a little awkward right now. But yeah, let's... <laughs> sure. But it, you, if you... Let me do it for you then. <laughs> help yeah. out Jordan and help out artists in this time. Yeah, all and five you know of what? the listeners of, of this show are going to contribute... Tomorrow. I like it. I we haven't released the podcast as of now, but I like assuming that it's a huge hit. <laughs> <laughs> and there's yeah, just be. thousands of people listening, and you're gonna get this huge bump of support. Yeah, that and you can yeah. support me by becoming a Christian and listening to my sermons online. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. Um, well, Jor, it's good to see you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm okay. Um, I yeah, I've been working on um, writing something this week, and so uh, that's consumed a lot of time. And it's also I find it the the more or the longer I am a songwriter, the more anxiety is attached to songwriting. Actually, the less really? fun the less fun it is. Actually, <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I would say in general, it's just a lot of because uh, I, I think you know that you know the intricacies, and it's not just like kind of like you know, charging forward into the great unknown. It's like you kind of know how, how it works. And so you're just aware of all the details. And it's that's just, uh, I don't know. I, I can't really explain. It's just really sometimes stressful. Wow. Yeah. I think that's why the first album in a lot of artists are always the best because their songs are kind of about uh, like better things. And then their second album's just like, I was touring and I'm writing yeah. songs about like being in a van. Yeah. And, like, it's like always like, then you just write songs about like being a musician. Yeah. I mean, I guess Sufjan is an exception to that rule. Oh yeah. He's because I don't think a son came as the like kind of primo record in his catalog to you. No. And I like what you brought up in our last episode, which because our podcast is so popular, everybody's heard. <laughs> but you just saying he, he didn't really want to be, he didn't think he was going to be a recording artist. Mm-hmm. He thought he was going to be a writer. So A Sun Came is almost like, it's just seemed like a whatever project or like a fun project. Yeah. Whereas we're going to talk about Michigan today. That seems like he's more settling into maybe I'm going to make this my thing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think Which, he was still going. I think, though, he had moved to, by the end of the recording of this record, he had moved to Brooklyn to go to school at the new school for social research, where he was studying to be, or he was studying creative writing. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. And that's where uh, he, his friends Vito, you know, the welcome yeah. wagon? Yeah. And they have that church in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Did you, you ever listen to the welcome wagon? Yeah, we. I think actually a few years back, um, they played that song at in my church community for at the gathering, or one of their songs. Oh, wow, your church is cool. <laughs> if I went, if I was at a church and they started playing that song, I'd be like, 
where's the tithing bucket? (laughs) (laughs) This church has got me. (laughs) What songs do they play at your church? Uh, My church uh, that I serve as pastor, um, I don't want to... I don't want to say we're not cool, but we're not cool. Oh, oh and actually, that's the church phone ringing right now. I'm sorry to all our thousands of listeners. Um, no, uh, to be honest, like, we do some old jams. We still, we'll throw out a shout to the Lord. Oh, yeah, shout to the Lord. Like, we, we go pretty hard. And then, like, maybe the newest song we've done is, like, I don't know. I don't want to talk about... This is work for me, Jordan. The worshiping the Lord is work? (laughs) Uh, What's the newest song we've done? I don't know, like Oceans or something. Oh, yeah, Oceans. (laughs) Which isn't that new. That's like 2011. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, so, yeah. And did you also know this, that that church in Brooklyn, the Gregory Brothers went to it? Who made make viral songs like the bed intruder song and stuff like that no i didn't know that so Vito and his wife i sorry i forget her name um they've just got a cool church in brooklyn they Uh. got the gregory brothers they know sufyan i used to listen to his sermons like i would just look up his church and like i would listen to Vito's sermons because i was just like this guy's got to be cool it's an episcopalian church yeah yeah i want to say yeah Presbyterian? No. No, I, I would guess it was Episcopalian. Yeah. Like the American and Episcopalians Anglican. are pretty cool. I've, yeah. You know, I sometimes I'm like, maybe I want to be one of those guys. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what, what I did want to ask you, Jor? Mm. Right before this record, I was talking to Courtney, my wife, and I w- was telling her about Romulus, and I the song, which we'll talk about soon. Mm. And I started to recite the lyrics, and I had to hold back tears. You know what? I was just going to say, I was actually going to bring that up. I listened to it today, and I had a, it evoked a real emotional response in me. Like, I wow. I felt like getting teary, especially at the end, um, when Grandpa dies. Oh, my gosh. And that's it for me, too. Yeah, and then and she doesn't care. And I don't know. I almost just feel like that's something... That everybody knows that feeling of like, oh, why, why don't you care about this like I think you should? Or, you know, uh-huh. the, like weird family dynamics that are just really sad, especially looking back as an adult uh, to like the innocence of childhood and how much that can hurt. Oh, I know. And especially an adult that isn't quite emotionally available for you in a moment like that. Yeah. Yeah, like I... I just could feel the tears. And but Courtney's kind of used to that cuz mm-hmm. one time there was a there was a thread on my Sufjan Stevens, it's not my group, but the private Facebook group I have about Sufjan Stevens. And somebody was like, "Let's post our favorite sad Sufjan lyrics." And I l- literally was reading through them and it, I just started crying, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like th- so this is what I want to ask you. What are the saddest Sufjan Stevens lyrics, in your opinion? The saddest? Um, Mm -hmm. Just off the top of your head. I mean, off the top of my head would be that. um, Our our grandpa died in the hospital gown. She didn't seem to care. She smoked in her room and colored her hair. Especially just considering, it's like, I think as the story, I hadn't listened to it in a while. And as the story progressed, it was kind of like, oh, um, our grandpa bought us a new VCR. She was, our mom was off doing something somewhere. And it was like, kind of like, I was like, Oh, the grandpa like really stepped in and like took care of these kids, you know. He yeah. was like, I don't know, like he he was a, like a father figure, and I I forgot how the story ended, and so then when it came up to, and then our grandpa died, and our mom didn't even care, and he had kind of like done all this for our family. It was mm. like, oh, that's so sad. What a sad lyric. So that would be and one. Then, and then he says, and I was ashamed of her. Yeah, I feel like adding that. At the end, too, is like, oh, wow. So honest. Yeah. That, oh. I, I, and, uh, I, would, I would be ashamed, too. And even, there's something about the reference of the VCR that takes, especially because Sufjan's 10 years older than us, but it kind of, it hits like a child, a child in 
in us too to be mm-hmm. like I remember what it was like popping in the VHSs and being a child and and it just everything about those lyrics even like even that she smoked in her room and colored her hair like just those details of being so emotionally detached yeah oh man yeah you, you know what lyric gets me is um tuesday night at the bible study we laid hands prayed over her body and nothing ever happened yeah oh that lyric gets to me too yeah well i mean that whole song is so sad also there's the um i'm crying in the bathroom oh yeah 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 that's really sad um of course on the facebook thread somebody wrote she shoots a super fart. <laughs> <laughs> the, the silent but deadly. deadly. God, yeah. And that, you know, I appreciate that too, to kind of break it up. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, there, uh, then there's got to be something from Carrie and Lowell too on there. That's like the uh-huh. saddest record ever. It is, yeah. I think um, we're all going to die. Like, is that that's sad, pretty though? Sad. I don't know if that's, that's sad. That's not sad, that's depressing. I don't even know if I'd say it's depressing. I think it's just kind of like um, stark. You know, it's yeah. like kind of like cold, but like sobering. I'd say sobering is a good word. Have you seen the clip of him playing it live? And he's like, everybody now. And they're all like, we're all going to die. And he kind of has a <laughs> chorus. And he's like, but we're still alive. And it, he does sing it in like a kind of a celebratory way at this concert. It's like a festival. Have you yeah. seen it? It's no. great. No, that's oh, funny. Oh, Jordan. I mean, we. You, I, I saw my my wife and my first date was Carrie and Lowell. Oh, live. wow. So um, I, he might have done that there. But I also remember there's a, there was a part in the show where he cried. He broke down. Oh, really? It, yeah, it was at the end of... Um, oh, man. And this may, be one, uh, this may be a contender for Saddest Lyric, too. But yeah, he, so he basically played the song solo. It was the first one he just did on his own. And at the end, he like just kind of breaks down. And I, but I, I saw some other videos, and he broke down at a lot the, the exact same point as on other songs. So I don't know if it was kind of part of a, um, I don't know if it was part of a like you, he's performing. Yeah, yeah. Or is that lyric just so it just hits him every time? Oh, it's Eugene. What I just want to be lyric, near you. Do you remember? Um, oh, yeah. Well, because he's singing about his mom. And afraid, wishing the world would go away. What's the point in singing songs? If they'll never even mean... hear you. Oh, Jordan. Jordan, you have a, a beautiful voice. <laughs> um, <laughs> did, did that make you cry or were like... Was it very emotional watching Sufjan perform that? No, I just remember it being kind of jarring. Like, how often do you see your, like, a, go to a concert and see the performer cry? Yeah. Were you like, man up? Did you, like, yell something? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> don't be a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. You're going to have to say that. That's offensive. <laughs> no, it's funny. Um, I think that's really vulnerable and and beautiful. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was your and Olivia's first date. What a like, what a way to usher in a relationship. Yeah. It was uh, um, basically I I had had a crush on her for a long time. And then I saw on Facebook that she had posted, hey, does anyone have an extra ticket to Sufyan? But I had already bought two tickets and I had asked my friend Nate to come with me and and I was like, oh, dang. Which Nate? Uh, you don't know him. Oh, okay. And but you were like, suck it, Nate. I was like, hey, Nate, um, remember <laughs> how I got those two tickets for us? Well, is it cool if I actually don't give you the other <laughs> ticket? <laughs> and, then, and then he was like, oh, yeah, sh- okay. But he was probably sad, but he's a nice guy. So he's just like, oh, yeah, sure. And then I messaged her, Olivia like, hey, I happen to have an extra ticket. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Can we just take a moment? To put ourselves in Nate's shoes. <laughs> just like, oh, this is going to be so fun. I get to see Sufjan tonight. I'm going with Jordan. And then you're just like, hey, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But obviously a good decision because maybe had you not done that, you may have never 
been married to Olivia. I think that if I didn't do that, she would never have thought I was worth the skin I'm, my own skin. That it's I'm true. In. Yeah. You might have had a better friendship with Nate, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, wow. And because um, a concert as a first date, like I, that you don't really get to talk that much, but at least you have something to talk about afterwards. Yeah, we did. I, I, you know what? It was a weird. It was weird. Our, the the start of our relationship was very kind of tumultuous because we had the same group of friends, and everyone kind of had an opinion about our relationship from the get go. And oh. a lot of people didn't, or some people discouraged it. Um, I'm not. I'm still what? not sure exactly why. I think because oh, no. we both kind of have some issues, like some mental illness issues, and so maybe they were afraid that like we would. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe like oh, no. we'd make each other depressed or something. <laughs> so, um, so do any you make each other depressed? <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. I know. I didn't. I think we're not. we're pretty compatible actually. But yeah. Um. So but actually, what happened was that I asked her to go on this date, and I told some of my friends, "Hey," um, or one friend in particular, I said, "Hey, I we're going on this date, uh, and uh, aren't I so awesome that I'm." That I la- that I got Olivia to go on a date with me, and my friend was like, "You know what? I actually talked to her about it, and she doesn't think it's a date." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh no!" And then I was so embarrassed, and so then I like was like, I just made a big joke about it, and I would message her and be like, "Hey, Olivia, can't wait for our date next week, right? Haha!" <laughs> and I would send her like like stock photos of like two people on a date, like eating popcorn with this like arm oh, around her and stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Just as a joke. But then, she, but then later she told me she was kind of like, what? He doesn't, does this guy think it would be a joke to go on a date with me? Like, why wouldn't he want to go on a date with me? And so you, you ended up hurting her feelings. Cause she's like, why is it so funny? Yeah. The idea of us on a date. Yeah. Man, that's what it, that's what people getting into your head does. You yeah. gotta just trust yourself, Jor. Yeah, I should have. Thank God it all worked out, and she didn't leave you in that moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I, I, even on the date, I my an ex girlfriend was there at the show, and I went over and talked to her for like a few ten minutes, probably. And so she was kind of oh. like, "Oh, this is not a date." You just left her alone. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm gonna go talk to the, my ex girlfriend. Yeah. Jordan. I know. Olivia, if you're listening, um, you're such a trooper. Yeah. <laughs> she really held in there. I uh, I remember when I first started dating Courtney, I didn't really have that many girlfriends, but I was a bit much. <laughs> like, I was just giddy, like giggly, and I would, like, call constantly. And I look back, and I'm just like, I'm surprised she stuck around because that was a lot to handle. Because I didn't even know how to act. I didn't even know how to have a girlfriend. I was just like, I didn't even know what it was like to be like reciprocated feelings was so euphoric. Like I was high on it. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised I didn't scare her away. But Jordan, thank goodness. Yeah. We we married some fantastic people. It's true. Okay, should we move? Should we do this record? <laughs> I was wondering when one of us was going to be like. So you're listening to a Sufjan Stevens podcast. Um, yeah, should we talk today? We're going to talk about Michigan, Jordan. You mentioned on the last, and, and I think we've already mentioned it on this episode. How long has this episode been going on? Um, that a son came was probably Sufjan, you know, thinking he was going to be a creative writing major, probably write stories maybe music wasn't going to be his thing. And so his son came, almost seems like a passion project, a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Then he does Enjoy Your Rabbit. And then we get Michigan, which is the start of his concept albums, the 50 States Project, Mm -hmm. um, which if you don't know who Sufjan Stevens is, uh, he he started in interviews to say he was going to write an album for every state, all 50 states. And so Michigan... His home state is what he was going to write. So he writes this record. He's from Michigan, born in Detroit. So he's writing about places that he's from. Right. And to be honest, I think as a sidebar, I think that it's maybe one of the most annoying stories about Sufjan. Is the 50 States Yeah, like 
everybody <laughs> gets it, you know, and like it's just I don't know. It it's just not an interesting story anymore. I'm not I'm not criticizing you. I'm just saying that the No, I know, I get it. It's just like every time you read about Sufyan, Sufyan who once endeavored to write a <laughs> song about every one of the 50 states, like, oh no, he's not going to do that. You know, I sound and pretentious, I remember, but I remember cuz I got really into Sufyan obviously when Illinois came out and then it was like He's taking too long to cover all the 50 states. At this rate, he's going <laughs> to, it will all be 110 years old by the time he <laughs> figures it. You know, like everybody was kind of talking like that. Yeah. And Sufyan, I think after Illinois, admitted it was just kind of a gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I did like a concept album. I actually love concept albums. Yeah, me too. And, and so I don't, I actually, you know, we mentioned a, a couple episodes ago about, Carrie and Lowell being an Oregon album, I kind of, I don't mind these state albums. I think it's kind of a cool way to write a record because I think it falls apart when it's a state he has nothing to do with. Right. But it only works because Michigan, Illinois, and Oregon, he's emotionally connected to them. So he's not only telling the stories of the state, he's telling his own story through the stories of the state, which I think is a really cool way of conveying emotion Mm -hmm. and and i was just thinking like your home your home state like you to write a record about it it's kind of cool like to write this endearing somewhat self-deprecating some like it's beautiful to write about the places that you come from yeah and i think just this whole idea of kind of being connected to geography and your your story being so deeply connected to geography is something that I think resonates with people. And I think it's also kind of overlooked in Western culture. It's, you know, we're so kind of like, um, so obsessed with just kind of like what's in our heads and um, our our imaginations and our dreams that we don't really, we forget to connect with, yeah, our our homeland. I think that's a great point. Yeah. I I think it can bring up emotions and feelings and thoughts deeper when you're, thinking about the places you come from and 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 how Sufyan writes is actually like naming them and talking about the towns and the places like yeah because I grew up in a place called Sunland which is in in LA County and it's a humble freeway exit in LA County that even people in LA don't some people don't even know where it is but to go back to Sunland now as an adult like it's such you know emotional experience and i have there's something about it being run down and beat up that makes me love it more Mm. like it's not polished um it's really like uh decrepit in some ways but it has but that's where i came from you know and so Mm -hmm. like i kind of love listening to sufyan do that about the places he came from yeah you know yeah and i think too like there's almost like your emotions infused into those places, especially if you you have some distance from them. You know, like even when I go to Calgary now, because I I don't go there very often, but it's, I mean, it's nostalgic in a sense, but it's also kind of like I feel things that I was feeling during that time in my life again, Yeah, which is really bizarre because I never think about, I mean, I don't, I'm not, not on a regular basis, think about, you know, my, my early 20s and like some of the mental illness struggles and some of the yeah. religious kind of, I don't know, weirdness that was happening in my life. But when I'm back there, all of a sudden, all those things come rushing back to me, which yeah. is, is actually a really weird phenomena, I think. It is. And it's interesting that Calgary is kind of that to you, because I, I think Calgary was a difficult time when you lived here and you were really kind of figuring things out and working through things and wrestling with even if you were going to do music and mm-hmm. and and yeah so because i wanted to ask you what is your michigan is it calgary or is it is it abbotsford is it hmm i i i don't really like the timeline i, I think sufian stevens um his childhood it seems to me was really scattered and he moved around a lot and stuff so I don't yeah. actually know, like, I know he went to Bible school in Michigan, um, but I don't know how much of his childhood was spent there. He was born there, right? He 
He's born in Detroit. His childhood was in Michigan, although when Carrie married Lowell, that was when he spent three summers in Oregon, and that's when he got to spend the most time with his mom when he when she was married to Lowell. So, and then so I think it's you know Michigan primarily, and then obviously some memories in Illinois, and then Oregon kind of. But what what was Illinois? What what part of his life was there? He drove to Chicago sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was about it. Oh yeah, he, he fell in love there, right? Again. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. <laughs> I would say mine is, yeah, my, my Michigan then would be Abbotsford, which is this kind of weird Bible Belt town. Um, right. About an hour east of Vancouver. Let's go. There. I actually wanted to run this by you. I'm on the Wikipedia page. Yeah. And this is what it says All of the tracks were recorded using two Shure SM57s. Yeah. And an AKG C1000. Yeah. And running through a Roland VS880EX. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what you know what this equipment is? And it says the sampling rate of 32 gigahertz or whatever. And so basically they were saying this album was recorded quite kind of primitively with these. And you're are you speaking right now into a sure SM57? No, this is a much better mic than an SM57. This is an SM7B. But a 57 is, if, if you've ever been to a, uh, if you've ever been to like a church or a venue, there's, 57 is kind of like the workhorse mic, the ultimate workhorse mic. They brought $100 each. Oh, um, okay. And, like an SM58 is the one, it's it's like the sister of the 57. So there's, there's like the ball, the, it's the one with the, the big silver ball on the end, you know? Oh, cool. That's the most you've seen it. Yeah, that's it's like a church mic. Yes, those those mics are also workhorse mics, and they're basically the same mic except one is one has a grill on it. Right. Yeah. So when you hear that, are you like, wow, this yes. album was recorded in like? Yeah, because also that the that sample rate thirty two k is yeah. really really low, really low. Yeah, it's it says lower than rates typical used in recording yeah so um like we're i'm recording this right now on 48 or 44 um oh wow and that's normal um and then there's also 96 which a lot of people are doing nowadays but i also think that it's just it's just revealing because i listened to the record today and i i don't think it's i don't think it's like hi-fi but it doesn't sound terrible it doesn't sound yeah you know like it sounds pretty good it sounds great i have it on vinyl i put it on last night and i was like oh this sounds so good i think that i think it just uh, i i actually read a thing about how um this record um sufyan brought it in and it sounded terrible and it was actually a lot of work on the part of the mastering engineers to basically make it sound listenable oh really yeah I think it goes to show that I think here's my opinion. Jordan. Okay. Okay. It's not about the equipment, it's about the music. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> I, I think what that's true think too. That? And you know what? Like I was even thinking when I was listening to it, like because I, I run a studio now and I record a lot of music, I think a lot about like sounds and you know, I think about what is what's fresh and you know these sounds weren't necessarily cool at the time. They were no. just like, and nothing has like reverb on it. You know, everything's just kind of dry. Right. Like, yeah. it's like he literally just set up a mic, played it, and then just like threw it in. Like, it doesn't sound um, like there was even that much intention. It's really around the arrangements. That's that's really what these songs are about. And then for once in a while, there are little kind of glimpses into humanity, but mm-hmm. it's not about... It's not about the audio. And he famously said he was going for a high school band sound. Like, purposefully, some of the horns are, like, slightly off. Yeah. Um, Some of the guitar... Like, so he was kind of going for, yeah, I want this to sound like a high school band. I'm not trying to make it sound like something. Yeah. And it's a... To me, this is a classic album. This is a fantastic album. Mm -hmm. It is really great. It's impressive considering, you know, this is four years from A Sun Came. 
and I, I think he's really finding his sound and, and something unique. Um, should we listen to some of it? Sure. Is there anything else you wanted to say about the, just about the album itself? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, I just, I think that, no, I don't think there's anything else. Great input, Jor. <laughs> <laughs> just teasing you. Oh, yeah, no, so I, 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 there is something that I wanted to mention. Um, okay. My, my introduction to this record, which I think we should start, we should talk about, is like... Oh, yeah, let's when, talk about When it. did you first hear Michigan? Where was it on yeah. your kind of... Uh, oh, on yeah. your uh, chron- chronology of Sufjan? Um, this, I think this record was actually... For, it was, this was af- the next one I heard after Seven Swans, because Seven Swans was my intro. Mm. Um, and uh, the girl that I was dating at the time, her older brother... Um, Bruce was like kind of like in our friend circles like kind of the god of music like he was just we're talking the new Balearic yes yes yeah and so I remember we were I was over at her house and he showed me Flint the first track Mm. and he loved that song and he was actually taking Mm. um he does uh like civil planning like a city planning now and he was going to school for that at the time and i think for one of his projects he made this little lego animation to flint and it was kind of oh. because it's it's a kind of it's a song about like kind of socioeconomic despair you know right and i think it was it had something to do with that anyway but i remember being I like thought you were gonna say he planned a city around the song <laughs> but yeah i remember being like honestly my first impression was like oh this is nice this is not as good as seven swans but it's good that's what i thought yeah yeah because because I heard A Sun Came First, but then it was late. We we were like already in 2005 at this point. And then I think Illinois just came out, like when I heard about him. So my first kind of big record was Illinois. And then it was going to the back catalog, which was Seven mm, Swans mm-hmm. in Michigan. But Michigan, I remember loving. And this is what I remember the most is I was in Australia in a hostel with a bunch of Christians uh, <laughs> with this missions organization. And on my days off, I would sleep in, and it was a hot Australian summer, and I had my iPod mini on a little speaker dock, and I would put on Holland, and mm. I would just kind of wake up to it. And I, I just, that little frozen in time moment of just like 11 o'clock on a Saturday, just with the sun coming in the window and listening to Holland, just being like, this is perfect. Yeah. And I was like, play Holland. (laughs) (laughs) I've thought about that so much since our last episode. (laughs) This guy was there going like, play Holland. (laughs) I just. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, but I have really fond memories of this album. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Let's, let's, uh, let's dig into Flint. To start a record, I just feel like this song is so good. And again, he's writing about Michigan and Flint being a, a really, um, I, like we said, like even now, Flint has become even more uh, newsworthy because they haven't had clean water in like three or four years. Oh, more than and the that. Resident, yeah, pr- okay, yeah, probably longer. And the residents there are, are getting ill and all this. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I love a record where it's it's a love song to where he's from, but he also recognized how difficult Michigan is and that it, it is going through hard economic times. And I think he says, lost my job and lost my room on the 1st of Ju- July or something, June. So he's talking about unemployment and, well, it's called Flint for the Unemployed and Underpaid. Yeah. So it's just beautifully melancholy written for his own state, which, you know, when you look at the states, Michigan has just been beat up 
economically. And mm-hmm. It's just a beautiful song, too. Yeah. And yeah. there's that high school horns coming in. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. It's so good. Okay. Um, Should we... Yeah. I, I don't know if I have much more to say about this song. I think it's... Yeah, really special. It's de- it's really strong one. <laughs> <laughs> to me, like, to me, these first tracks, even on a sun came and this one, and then Illinois, it just sets you right in the mood for Sufjan. Yeah. So just like, oh, Sufjan, and it, he's just special because even with Asthmatic Kitty, that record label had such, I think less accessible artists like sometimes more harder to listen to i remember Mm -hmm. and sufan had a more melodic or did you ever listen to like the danielson family yeah i tried to yeah yeah it's just it's a lot more abrasive and that was kind of like the people he was playing with or did you ever listen to half-handed cloud yeah And, and stuff like that and sufan just uh like that was his friend group but his song his music was just so much more melodic and and it's obviously there's a movie that we should watch too that kind of deals with the tension of him kind of blowing up and them not you know yeah but yeah, yeah we should talk about that i think it should it's also worth noting that um there are the titles um in this record the, the so flint is actually called flint bracket for the unemployed and underpaid bracket. And uh, I think I, I actually read this Pitchfork review um, going back to an old Radiohead record, I think Kid A. And they were talking about how it is, it is, you know, a classic, brilliant record that stands the test of time. But even with records that stand the test of time, there's always kind of like little bits about it that you're like, oh, that died. You know, right. and, and I think that when now... Like, I think that it's so really obvious that this kind of, like, really long titles with brackets uh-huh. or exclamation marks is was, like, really of the time, you know? It was. And yeah. now it's, like, super uncool. What is it now? I think... Just, like, straightforward what the song's Yeah, about. like, um... Yeah, I think that, like, just not not even emphasizing the title is kind of the trend now. Right. Or even, yeah, like on taylor swift's most recent record there's not even any capitalization or anything it's just all lowercase basic you (laughs) you hate ts no i don't know what it is maybe it's an enneagram four thing but when her album just secretly released and everybody was like oh i just was like i refuse to listen to it i still haven't listened whoa it's so good justin i refuse to listen to it i just i don't know it's unhealthy i know but Mm. it's just i can't because everybody is like, oh, la, 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 la. I'm just kind of like, I, ju- I just can't do it. Okay, that's fair. Um, but I feel like, like, okay, let's look at one of your songs, Jor. Mm-hmm. I want to move into your house. Like if you wrote that song um, in 2003, it would be like, I want to move into your house because of the hardwoods and the soft cotton. <laughs> yeah. Like that kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. That was like very of the time. And I think Sufjan kind of led the way in that. And exclamation marks too, you know, there was this, it was this kind of era of like happy, clappy, um, like all organic, like nothing electronic, just like folksy, like twee, you know? Yeah. And everything was kind of like, hurrah, huzzah, (laughs) raise, (laughs) raise thy fist toward the sky, you know, like just kind of like. Just almost like what's what's the word like um like absurdist like that's right um yeah well everything kind of had its its wink to the camera of like self awareness yes exactly and kind of like I know I'm being a little funny here yes exactly and I think and, that's and, really still uncool and I think that's one of the things that died from the early two thousands is like I yeah. think sincerity is really i mean it sounds weird to say but i think sincerity is really cool now like yeah really bearing your soul and not do not doing it in some kind of like you know ironic or post-ironic way but right. just like just saying the truth you know yeah and Although yeah, I, I think I that like, he's doing that i just i just think that the there there was this trend of kind of like like you the said. T- that's a great comment i think the titles do 
feel in its time, which is kind of funny. Even though I kind of like titling sermons today like this. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's because I'm such a Sufjan fan. But a a good, like, sermon title like that, I still do. So maybe I... But also, I'm stuck in this time. No, but I think... I don't think... I think yours are still serious. Like, what happened at the Getty? Oh yeah, you know, like that's still great. That's that's still like and provocative. It, it doesn't have and it doesn't have any irony. No, it. it's not like what happened at the Getty exclamation mark. Raise, like, people of Calgary, raise your raise eyes. Your fist yeah. For, yeah. yeah, yeah. Raise your fist for the art gallery. <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. Now. Yeah, yes. So <laughs> it's great, Jerry. Let's talk about this. We're going into track two here. Yeah. So here we have more of the full band. Yeah. This is all good naysayers. Speak up or forever hold your peace. <laughs> Great track. It is a good track. Also, I should mention that this is, um, I, I, I didn't actually make note of this in um, the last, uh, or in A Sun Game, but this is one of uh, Sufjan's first forays into uh, odd timing signatures. Yes. So this one's in five, five eight, I think. Yeah. Or five four, um, and uh, it. I think it, it's one of the things he did best, and it was one of the things too where I was kind of like, this is a real musician because he doesn't just play in four four like all the other losers. <laughs> it is a good comment because it's hard. Even Romulus, the timing of the strumming. If you look at covers that people do, they never get that timing right. Right. They play it more straightforward. Where his is like a, it, it's a, even how he strums and stuff. Also, Sufjan's voice is a little bit simpler back in this time. It's yeah. a little bit like uh, soft. <laughs> yeah. And I like it. Where um, I think later on, like Age of Ads, Odds, he, he experiments, I think, with higher straining his voice and stuff like that. And I don't know, this era of Sufjan, he's just soft and it just seems really tender. I don't know. I like it. Yeah. I actually think his voice sounds higher here than than now for some reason. Okay. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. It's more breathy, I think. Yeah. Am I talking outside of my... No, I think you're experience? right. I, I, I think that he's, <laughs> that is kind of the thing that he does, though, is like... That's it. You know, that's yeah. that's that is Sufyan. Yeah. So, but I also okay. think honestly, he's just an, a great singer too. Like, I think that's something yeah. that people don't acknowledge enough. Like, when I see him live, every time I'm just blown away by like how perfect his pitch is. That's a great. He is. He has a great singing voice, mm-hmm. and I think, I think you're right. He's a great composer. I think he's a good composer. Mm-hmm. I think he ha- he can think through the entire song as a whole and all of its parts. I think he's a great band leader. Um, I, I like Sufjan. Uh, <laughs> okay. And this song here, For the Widows in Paradise, For the Fatherless in Ispilanti or whatever? Ipsilanti. Ipsilanti. Which I think is this in Washington song. State, actually. Oh, is it? I thought so. I could be wrong. It's better be in Michigan if he's going to stay on theme. <laughs> I mean, this is a Stone Cold Sufjan classic. Oh, it is in Michigan. Sorry. It's it's on, why would it be in a different state? I don't oh, know. Oh, I think that's in Washington. <laughs> it's called Michigan, Jordan. <laughs> this song is perfect. I think Banjo Sufjan is my favorite. Yeah, you would. I mean, your golden age was in the early 2000s, right? Yeah, there's just the banjo here. And there's this early video I remember seeing on YouTube where he's just kind of sitting on a, a fence. Yeah. With a, do you, you know that one? Yeah. And he's kind of plucking away. This is a great and, song. I think this is actually the first song on the record that I really fell in love with. Yeah. It's... And the lyrics are really interesting, too, about if you have a father or if you haven't one. And almost, I just see it as this, like, I'd do anything for you. And 
Oh, we, that, sorry, how do you see it? You see it as, like, I'd do anything for you? Yeah. Oh, I, sorry, mean? I was just making fun of you because that's, that's the actual lyric, you know? Yeah, I'm just saying the lyrics. <laughs> I'm not saying my interpretation of it. Oh, okay. But I read online this interpretation that I disagreed with where he said, they say he's wrestling with his faith and he's saying even if Jesus had a father or didn't, meaning like whether he had an earthly father or not. And I'm like, that's not what this song's about. Yeah, that's true. I think he's talking about the fatherless people in Michigan. He's talking about he's talking about probably like come one, come all, whether you have a father or not, like you're worthy of love. That's true, but I do think that line that we just passed there that said, if you have a father or if you have, or no, sorry, um, even if I come back, even if I die, if I die, is there some idea to replace my life? I remember that one giving me a, a big old chubby at the time. <laughs> Because I think I think that's like really interesting philosophy that yes. evangelicals don't really talk about that much. Yes, like kind of like Jordan. Yes, <laughs> is like is like what are yeah th- exactly that. If even if this isn't true, is it still good? That to me, let's just say this flat out. I think that line alone changed my faith. Wow. Yeah. Because and I actually you brought that line to my attention. Mm. We were having a theological discussion a long time ago and you were like it's like that Sufyan lyric even if I come back even if I die is there some idea to replace my life. And I just remember thinking in my own faith of Christianity of what does it if if what is it more than just like a ticket to heaven? Does it speak more is it just about an afterlife or as Pete Rollins would say and this line, I feel like, really changed my faith, too, is uh, we've always been asking, is there life after death? But I think a better question, is there life before death? Mm. Mm-hmm. And I just, that line of, like, fine, even if I come back, even if I die, what about an idea that means something right now? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Sufyan's talking about his faith necessarily, but for me and my faith, it really was like, I want a faith that speaks to something now. Right. That like transforms people now. That like brings heaven to earth, not just es- less people escape earth, you know? Yeah. So to me, like an informative time being 18, 19, 20, and kind of figuring out what's important to us and stuff. I'd say that line was really key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. I... I think that um, the song to me kind of feels like it does feel like an exploration of faith. I yeah, but I I think that the I I would agree that your the interpretation you read maybe is taking too many liberties because I actually don't know. Um, uh, I actually don't know like which person he's talking from a lot of the times like sometimes it seems like yeah. he's talking from like the perspective of the divine and then other times yeah. he's like talking from his own perspective you know at the mm-hmm. end, like at the end when when he says i did everything for you i did everything for you i'm i'm guessing that's like from the christ figure yeah right yeah i think so and actually re-listening to this recently i was like this really is a christian like there's so many christian themes like unapologetically yeah right like, um, and it actually made me feel sad because I remember feeling like, it feels like the sincere, just Christian, and I'm not even saying, I'm not that sad about it, but it just seems like the sincere Christian music is dead. <laughs> like, I just feel like from the, from 2003 till now, the ability to become jaded and disillusioned and... And to not really want to just write about, you know, God loves us, you know, God is good. Like, <laughs> like it just feels like that's dead. And I'm not even saying, like, I'm not even saying it's necessary that it should have, because we've all been disillusioned and stuff. But there's just this sincerity of, like, of just, like, an innocence to this record that just feels gone. Yeah, I think that's true. But I think that it was also, I think that at the time... 
there was a lot of crappy CCM happening. Yeah. So I think that yeah. this this kind of felt like a response to that, and, and it drew a lot of people to it. I don't know. Well, I just I guess I don't know. I don't. I I almost was when you were saying that I was almost kind of wondering like, yeah, but you know what? All the people who kind of got on that train have left their faith now. <laughs> that's what it feels like. Yeah. I feel like back then, so you kind of had CCM, which is kind of your canned Christian music. Mm -hmm. And then you could have an album like this where you're like, it's still sincere. It's still, you know, it's still talking about faith, but it's not CCM. I feel like now you just have your canned CCM and then you have the disillusioned and the like, why does my faith suck so much? And why do they screw up so poorly? And, right. and you kind of have a critique of it, which I'm here for, like I love. Or just like but perpetual almost, deconstruction, kind of. Yeah, but like th this album is more just like a sincere, like I actually just kind of think I like God. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, I was listening to it like, this album doesn't really exist anymore. Mm. You know, I think even if you look at Sufjan, we've all just, I don't know what's happened in the past 20 years, but I think we've just woken up to the fact that like Christianity really has lost a lot of favor and has missed a lot of good opportunities and has become something I think it shouldn't have become. And so maybe it's good that there's a lot of critiques and, and all that, but I just kind of remember being 18 and just kind of looking at my faith and not not feeling it as much as a burden as I felt in the years to come and just kind of being like, God just loves me and I'm, everything's cool. Yeah. And kind of missing that innocence, I guess. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And I remember that was kind of one of the things that drew me to this was that it was like, yeah, it was, it was, um, sincere and in a sense, like, uh, worshipful, you know? Yeah. Like it was, it was, um, I think that it wasn't like there was there was a lot of music at the time that was like kind of like covert covertly uh -huh. Christian even like a band like Switchfoot a little bit sure it was like let's just take these Christian ideas and like just make them palatable enough right so that like you know um people in the you know in the secular world won't recognize the concepts and it was like what everybody thinks this is about a romantic relationship, but really it's about Jesus. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that... Like, they think it's a love song, but it is. It's just to Jesus. And and that just feels so coercive to me. Yeah. You know, it's like, just be just be frank. I mean, also, like, if, you're, if your faith is... If you need to make your faith... If you need to hide it in some kind of, like, Trojan horse, maybe it's yes. not that good of a faith in the first place. No, if anything, it shows there's a level of, like, shame. Yeah. Like, I don't really want. <laughs> so here's Say Yes to Michigan, which is interesting because this has an interesting arrangement where I, I don't know. You're more musically inclined, but the way he sings it is kind of like dun -dun 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 -dun. this part. Okay, and then now. It's just, isn't that a weird key change? Oh, yeah, that might be a key change, actually. Yeah. Like, it almost sounds like he's going flat. Yeah, I think this, it might be, yeah. It might be a relative key. It, I mean, I think that there's... Sometimes it hard to listen to. Um, have you ever heard of Steve Reich? No. He's a composer... Um, who does just like a lot of like really repetitive, usually like odd, often in odd time signatures, but just repeating like maybe a weird mallet part that feels very pentatonic. And then it, it just goes on for like 10 minutes or something. Uh, this yeah. is like kind of like Steve Reich Sufjan to me. And I know he's really heavily influenced by him. It's, oh, really? it's kind of like, if you look him up and like some of his like most popular songs, you will certainly see the the correlation so i feel oh. like there's there, there's like a few masks that suf wears i call him by his name short uh his like nickname suf, suf? yeah yeah me too there's That's a cool. there's a few masks that he wears and steve reich is one of them and this is one of those songs i would say 
Huh. Um, this next song, Upper Peninsula, the Upper Peninsula, I love. He explains in that live show that they're called Yuppies in Michigan. Hmm. And the song kind of describes them as, this to me is what Sunland is like, where I grew up. I live in America, you know, we're with my Payless shoes, and I go to Walmart where I see my ex-wife. You know, like, yeah. kind of that that working class. That was kind of where I grew up, and so that, yeah, I live in America with a pair of Payless shoes. Like, I, I love those lyrics. Mm. And it's just a cool song, too. This is a great one. This is, I think, a Sufjan mask that has died. I haven't, yep. I haven't heard him do this kind of thing, you know, since Illinois, probably. That's right. Where he's just purely, this really just does feel like he's just telling the, the vibe of the Upper Peninsula and there's no like. Totally, and it's just kind of like a band, like a steady beat. Yeah. An organ, always. So here's Holland. <laughs> so this is the song, it's Saturday morning, sun's coming through the window. Mm-hmm. You're just, I'm just waking up and this is, and it's just perfect. What do you think of this song, Jor? I, I think this is maybe one of my favorite Suf songs. Really? Yeah. It's just wow. so... It's just so my bag, you know? It's sad boy. It's it's not too... It's not too... It's not cute. There's almost a darkness yeah. to it. A sadness yeah. to it, but it's still yeah. hopeful. It just feels like serenity, and you can imagine, like, summer in Holland and, like... I don't know, like the dust floating in the light, and that's per- perfect. <laughs> You've nailed it. I think that's it exactly. And that kind of was the scene of me just in little sweaty in the bed, waking up. Yeah. Put on a little. Yeah. I didn't mean that to be sound. Yeah, you you just woke up from a sexy, a, a strange, strange erotic. Dream. <laughs> <laughs> it was anything but. Sexy, I'll yeah. tell you that. Okay, then that goes into... Oh, Detroit, lift up your weary head. Rebuild, restore, reconsider. Yeah. Again, another very, like, 2000, 2003. Is that what yes. it is? 2003? Yeah. And again, like, I like these tracks, but I tend to skip them sometimes. The, again, this is another Steve Reich thing. It's, yeah, it's kind of like mechanical sounding you know it doesn't sound that's right it doesn't really sound happy or sad yeah it's just kind of like this i don't know how, how do you say it it's just kind of like pr- it's like a steam engine or yeah or like triumphant maybe yeah it, it's almost like a like uh this country is building itself up yeah or something which is actually kind of on the theme yeah it's an eight eight minute song it's super long I might even just skip ahead a little bit. Yeah, it's got a lot of these breaks in it. Or it has a doo-doo, Yeah. You know that that's part? Cool. That's cool. That part's very cool. Is that Steve, what's his name? I don't know, Influence? Steve Reich? I don't think so. Yeah. I hope I'm saying Steve Reich right, or everyone will make fun of me. It's either I Steve hope. Reich or Steve Reich? Steve Reich? Right. Nobody's it's R-E-I-C-H. <laughs> Nobody's going to listen to this jar. You're fine. <laughs> if somebody's listening right now, it's probably because they're married to you and me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, this is a great podcast. Um, this, I mean, we've talked about Romulus a bit. To me, this might be, this might be like top three Sufjan songs for me. I think this is a masterpiece. Yeah. So I had this rec- uh, this CD in my car. And I think especially when I was sad, I remember there was a rotation that I went through. And it was um, Flint, track one, start with. Skip wow. track two, go to For the Widows in Paradise, For the Fatherless yeah. Nipslanti. Yeah. Um, skip ahead to Holland. Then skip ahead to Romulus, yeah. and then 
skip ahead to Sleeping Bear Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah. And then end on uh, Vito's ordination song. Oh, also Redford. That's interesting because those are my favorite tracks too. <laughs> and you're basically skipping those kind of like yeah, the yeah. like industry sounds and yeah, you know exactly, which I appreciate. But man, and Romulus, we talked about it. Just how heartbreaking it is. Yeah. And oh, this part right here. She came to <laughs> that lyric is so sad to me where his mom is visiting them in Romulus as the song says and her Chevrolet broke down we prayed it never be fixed or be found meaning like they just didn't want her to leave they just wanted their mom and it would just be like, we never want your car to get fixed. Like, it's just so heartbreaking. And I think, I don't know how much we've talked about, but Sufjan has had a, he, he's had a pretty brutal childhood, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think especially with his mom, and Romulus is kind of the Carrie and Lowell before there was Carrie and Lowell. Like the song that kind of lets you know. Yeah. And I think that was the worst Christmas ever is another one. But... Just the sadness of his childhood and the complicated relationship he has with his mom. And it just comes out in such a beautiful song. Yeah, it is really special, isn't it? So I learned this song on guitar when I was in YWAM and I was in that hostel. And one night I was just playing it over and over and over, hoping somebody would like come to my door and be like, wow, oh, that's <laughs> And sure enough, somebody knocked on the door. Mm. And I was like, oh. I'm like, they're going to be like, what is that beautiful song? And I opened the door, and it was this guy just being like, my girlfriend's going to sleep now. Could you please stop? <laughs> and I was kind of embarrassed. and like, Right. Oh. You thought he was going to be like, damn, son, what is that? And you would be I like, just noticed- it's Romulus. Have you heard of this guy, Sufjan <laughs> Stevens? I just noticed that I, there's a pattern in my stories of like me hoping somebody's going to be like, Justin, I see you. You're right. wonderful. So Sleeping Bear, do you call it Sault Ste. Marie? That is what it is. I call it Salt Ste. Marie. Oh, you do. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Sue is S-O-U-X or whatever. S-I-O-U-X. It's Sault Ste. Marie. Okay. That but, uh, I've, it's a Canadian city. Yeah. So you are. I've right? played a lot of shows there. I. It's a stop on the on the way to really? Toronto. So, yeah. So did it is. Did they mention this? Did they mention this song when you were there? Every actually, they play it as you enter the city. <laughs> it's coming through loudspeakers. <laughs> That's good, Jordan. To me, listening to this song was the moment I was like, I've really. There's something so sweet about that sincerity of, oh, God, where are you now? Mm. And just saying, there's no other man that could raise the dead, so do what you can to anoint my head. Like, this feeling of, like, I'm not, you're not my boyfriend. Like, I'm not in love with you. Sometimes you leave me, and I'm, but you're the only one that seems to have the water for my soul, so I'm, I still need you. You know, mm. I just there's something kind of beautiful about that sincerity. Mm-hmm. And as a Christian myself, like just kind of being able to relate to that feeling. Yeah. A lot of people on this on Facebook don't like that Sufjan's a Christian. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. I think that's I mean, I'm I'm sure that I'm biased, but I think that's one of the most interesting things about him. It's surprising because he's not raised Christian. He was a part of more of like a hippie-ish, cultish thing that just kind of encouraged all things. Mm. And then he just says he gravitated to Christianity and, and a church as a kid and and then kind of gets wrapped up with the Danielson family, who's kind of a strong Christian family. So on to Redford. Yeah. Maybe one of my favorite is, tracks on the record. Um it's so pretty. 
I actually saw this on a Red Bull commercial once. Really? Mm-hmm. And um, The Roots included it on one of their albums, like, just as is. Really? And they actually just called it Redford for Yeah Yeah and Papu. And then it just says by Sufjan Stevens. And it's just on one of their albums. Wow, I didn't know that. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Yeah. You know what's cool, too, is that there's not really a timing for this song. He's just kind of playing the notes, which I always find really interesting. Um, Yeah. um, Radiohead does stuff like that sometimes where it's just kind of like... And actually, um, the song... um, on Illinois, the first song, the UFO sighting near Highland, Illinois. Yeah. That's another song like that. That does, doesn't actually have a time signature. You just kind of played oh, really? chords and then just built the song around that. So Vito's ordination song, also a great track. It is. And about Vito, the pastor that we were mentioned four hours ago. <laughs> What's... <laughs> well, I think my impression is that it's God speaking to Vito. Oh, that's really good. And I just think it's a sweet, it's like a, such a sweet gesture. And I know you've written songs for people, your friends that get married and stuff. Right. And there's something very sweet, a sweet gift that a musician gives that like writes a song up for like a moment like this. I just think it's really, it's really cute. Right. So, and that is Michigan. Jordan, you got to go, so I don't want to keep you any longer. But that's the record. We've talked about it for hours. <laughs> it was fun. Literally two and Literally, a half hours. <laughs> I don't know where the day went. It is. We were meant to record at 11. It's now 10 to 3. How much time? Did um, we, oh, man. Yeah. Two, but three hours. <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. It, okay. But that's because we love this album. Yeah. There's a lot and to dive you. into here. And we also just love talking about ourselves. So It's true. And I love you, Jordan. I love getting to hear what you think. Oh, thanks, Jess. And all that. Likewise. I'm wearing one of Jordan's shirts today. Go buy one. Support him. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's it for this episode of That Was the Worst Podcast Ever. That was Michigan. Jordan, anything you want to say before we go? Um, I just wanted to say... Um, Rebuild, restore, reconsider, and please bring back exclamation marks as a cool way to express yourself. I want to move into your house for the molding, (laughs) for the cotton, for the hardwoods. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, that's me and Jordan saying God bless you all. We love you. And and we the dress looks nice on you. (laughs) We both think it does. Bye, everybody. Bye.